0: Thanks to Zapier for supporting Industry Focus. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It connects all of your business software and handles work for you, so you can focus on the things that matter most. Try Zapier free by going to our special link, zapier.com slash Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every single day. It's Tuesday, October the 15th, and we're talking consumer goods. I'm your host Shannon Jones, and I'm joined by foolish contributor Dan Klein via Skype. How's it going, Dan?
1: Oh, not so bad. In honor of the show today, given that we're not doing video, I am in full uniform of the company we're about to be talking about. Oh, I am not. Missed
0: opportunities.
1: <laughs> Sadly, I am not. That would that would be a missed opportunity, a missed opportunity to ridicule me, most likely.
0: To ridicule, yes, for sure. but um i'm I'm excited for today's show because this is a very fun. Show, I think, for both of the stories we're going to be diving into. Um, and really, I just want to dive into the first. I don't really know how to adequately queue this up other than just to go right in. But Charlotte based Chanticleer Holdings, and that's ticker symbol B U R G, operating right out of my hometown, um, they do own and operate franchises, specifically your fast casual for full service restaurants, primarily burgers but they made some very spicy headlines this week and not for their food. Um, Let me just read a few of these headlines here. The first, Hooters Operator trades tank tops for test tubes. Thank you, Bloomberg, for that. Hooters Operator is getting into the drug business. And my personal favorite, on the menu at Hooters, chicken cleavage and cancer drugs. (laughs) Dan, help us unpack. So, what in the world is going on here?
1: Okay, so these headlines are having fun, but they're, they're, they're sort of getting it wrong. So, Chanticleer Holdings, the company that owns Hooters, a restaurant famous for its somewhat scantily clad, but still sort of PG waitresses, sells wings, sells burgers, uh, kind of a sports bar, they're being purchased by a tiny, and I mean 8.3 million in, in sales, uh, medical company that's developing cancer drugs. And this isn't a case where you're all of a sudden going to have scientists selling burgers or the two companies are going to interact, you're going to be able to get your cancer treatment and some wings. Like That's, that's not what's happening here. This is what's called a reverse merger. It is a backdoor strategy for a private company to buy a public company and then become a public company. So, you know a lot more about, about medical companies than I do, but generally, they're in the investment stage, they're creating their drugs. If they manage to get something approved, and have something that's successful, they could scale very, very quickly. This gives them a, a, a way to raise capital, but it also is a way to go public without facing the traditional scrutiny. And in their case, they don't really have anything to scrutinize. They're you know, a relative handful of people, and they will be spinning the restaurants back out, so it won't be a bunch of scientists running a restaurant company.
0: And thank goodness um, for that. <laughs> I,
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> they can't do worse than many of the restaurant chains that are out there,
0: and maybe do better than some of the biotechs out there uh, as well. But I think you know, for uh, Chanticleer Holdings, this is not the first time that they've you know dipped their toes into other industries. Matter of fact, back in 2018, uh, really during the mass of uh, cryptocurrency craze, they were diving into blockchain specifically related to their restaurants and how they manage loyalty programs. So it's not completely out of the question, but Chanticleer Holdings, um, and I've seen some stories that have said this is the parent company of Hooters. It's not that. Um, They do own and operate some Hooters restaurants, but they're primarily focused in just fast casual burger joints. Um, You talked a little bit about um, the company Sonnet Biotherapeutics. Just taking a look, and I won't dive into this because this is a consumer good show, not <laughs> the healthcare show, which you can check out on Wednesdays. Um, but for this company, I mean, you're exactly right. This is an early stage company. They don't have any approved products on the market. As a matter of fact, they're actually pretty early stage, they're just starting uh, testing in humans for their lead product, which is really trying to find something to help with some of the side effects related to chemo. But they've got some really interesting products in their very kind of small pipeline. I think what's interesting to me though, Dan, with with biotechs that go the route of reverse mergers, obviously when you do a reverse merger as opposed to an IPO, um, you're looking for basically an easier, shorter path to getting onto the public markets. You're looking for some liquidity. Probably going to be raising some capital, which a lot of these biotechs need. But with a traditional IPO, there tends to be a lot more scrutiny. Um, you've got investment bankers, you've got uh, lawyers, you've got um, you know just analysts covering the stock, trying to better understand it, its weaknesses, its strengths. With a reverse merger, though, you don't really get that as an investor. And on the biotech front, for me, I mean, obviously, I want to be able to dig into the financials and the pipeline and the science.
1: This is a real. It doesn't
0: necessarily happen with that, with a reverse mer- merger.
1: Yeah, this is a real red flag as an investor. Now, if you already own shares, well, they're going to spin off the restaurant. So you kind of are getting a little something extra but when you're looking at this as like, wow, should I get in? Is this a good way for me to get a piece of this potentially blockbuster company? The reality is we don't know anything about this company. And and as you know, because you talk about it on most Wednesday shows, the path to getting a drug to market, and even a drug that, that proves successful in, in doing what it's supposed to do, there's then the whole marketing campaign of it. And those are very expensive. There's very big companies you're fighting with. So, this for the company is a way to avoid privately raising money. And it's probably easier to sort of publicly raise money they're becoming public without having to have really anything. I mean, again, 8.3 million in, in sales. So, that's, that's a very small company. They don't have anything happening. And it could be years until they do. We don't really know. So, as an investor, this is something you wait until they start to have to report. So, three months in, you'll get a quarterly report and you'll see what exactly is this weird mishmash of a company that owns fast food burger chains and some Hooters restaurants and a cancer thing until they spin everything off. As you start to see that picture, this might prove to be an early buying opportunity. But just because a company is in a space that has the potential for profits doesn't mean you should invest. I mean, if you want to send me money for my rideshare company that also uh, offers made-to-order tacos, you know, feel free to do so. But just because you're in a couple of areas that could make money doesn't mean you're going to make your investors money.
0: Absolutely. Very well said. This will be one we'll certainly have to keep an eye on. And hey, we may even cover it on the industry-focused healthcare show. Um, But on the other side of the break, we're going to be diving into Costco's latest move to control its supply chain and the economics of one of its most popular products. But first, a quick word from our friends at Zapier. If you're running your own business, think about the hours you spend moving information from one program to another because software systems don't easily work together. Now they do, automatically, thanks to Zapier. Zapier is built to automate your work. It connects all of your business software and handles work for you so you can focus on the things that matter most. Go to zapiercom fool. Connect the apps you use and let Zapier take it from there in a matter of minutes. I can say when I'm organizing projects and creating to-do items for our team, we use Trello. But when it comes to Zapier, they rescue me. They make my life easy. They can automatically alert the right team members at the right time to help me get the job done. If you're looking for that type of automation, right now through November... You can try Zapier for free by going to zapier.com slash fool, that's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash fool for your free 14-day trial. Again, that's zapier.com slash fool. All right. So, Costco, and that is ticker symbol C-O-S-T, is taking matters into its own hands, aiming to control the entire supply chain of its get this, rotisserie chickens. Yes, those addictive Costco rotisserie chickens that I'm sure all of our listeners, um, if you haven't tried it, you should. Um, But before you wonder, wow, why are we talking about Costco's rotisserie chickens? Let me just give you some context. Uh, Costco sold 91 million of these birds last year. That's double the number that they sold a decade earlier. And they even have their own cult following, Dan. There is a Facebook page (laughs) dedicated to Costco's rotisserie chicken. Oh, of course They have, I think, like 16,000 followers. But, you know, Dan, it's not just that these are good and addictive. Um, They're also cheap. Only cost $4.99. So, Dan, there's more than meets the eye as to why Costco would want to go fully vertical and control this particular supply chain. Why is that?
1: So, this is part of a bigger story. Costco is competing with Walmart, Target, Kroger, a couple of other people for audience. And one of the things they think is a differentiator is being able to sell their rotisserie chicken at $4.99. Other places are $5.99. I know at my Whole Foods, they're like $8.99 or something like that. Uh, So, this is an area where they've identified that they're willing to lose money. In in 2015, they estimated that they lost $30 or $40 million on gross margins, keeping the price at $4.99. So, in order to do that, Long term, even if they are losing money, they need to take as many people out of the process as possible and essentially eliminate the, the middleman. And to do that, they've opened a $450 million poultry farm in Nebraska. And it sounds silly, and frankly, I feel like they could go to $5.99, it wouldn't be that big a deal, but they don't agree. This is going to be something you see more and more retailers do. If there is a product that is important to them that they need to sell at a certain price point, they are going to more directly manage that process down to perhaps going into business themselves, which is what's happening here.
0: Exactly. And I mean, even in terms of the placement of where this rotisserie chicken is in the stores is is strategic. I mean, they put it at the back of the store so that you purposely have to walk past everything else in the hopes that this chicken is not the only thing that you walk out of the store with. But that's not all. I mean, they're even investing in high efficiency ovens and even containers made with less plastic, just to show you just how important this rotisserie chicken is to them. Um, but I think when you look across the board, I think this is probably the first big move of a retailer like this getting into meat production. We have seen Walmart, Kroger, Albertsons attempt to supply um, their own milk and opening their own milk processing plants. Milk is another one of those kind of low margin commodities that we really do see become very susceptible to price swings. Um, But I mean, for milk. We have seen it on the decline. Not so much for chicken, though. It sounds like Americans are actually eating more chicken, Dan.
1: So chicken is growing in popularity, and part of the reason chicken was an area Costco had to go into is the five biggest chicken producers, uh, Tyson's, Pilgrim's Pride, Sanderson Farms, Purdue, and, and I don't know if it's Koch or Coke Foods. Um, they control 60% of the entire supply of chickens, and that gives them a fair amount of leverage. So, in a normal case, a Costco, a Walmart, a Target can go to a vendor and say, if you would like to keep the shelf space you have, you need to figure out how to keep the cost the same year to year, or lower it by $0.02 per unit, or whatever the number is. They're often very aggressive Goals aimed at keeping margins, which are are somewhat thin, at least existing, um, and generally keeping costs down for consumers. In this case, Costco maybe can't go to the chicken providers because they have other places to sell them that might pay more. So this is a case where they have to produce their own. They want to meet their standards. They want a uniform rotisserie chicken. They they don't want them too big, too small. Um, but I also think this is going to be something you see more and more often. Uh, milk is a great example, but you know we're about to experience a global pork shortage, something uh, we've talked about on this show before, because uh, there's a Chinese pork flu that's, that's constraining supply. And if you're a company that sells, I don't know, baby back ribs, you might need to open a farm. And this is a test case where Costco could do more and more. And their goal isn't so much to get you to buy more because they make 75% of their money from memberships, not from purchases. The goal is for you to be so enticed by those chickens that you couldn't possibly think about giving up your Costco membership because then you wouldn't have access to a cheap dinner and a pretty tasty chicken.
0: I think one thing to watch with Costco, though, is that, I mean, they've always been a company known for being very socially conscious. Um, And I think that's been something that has drawn a lot of investors, even here at The Fool, to this company. But I mean, really, Dan, the the chicken industry is not necessarily known for being environmentally friendly Um, even from an employee friendly perspective it'll be really interesting to see what kind of practices they put in place just to try to keep that reputation as an industry leader when it comes to just social consciousness
1: so as a company opening up a farm puts you out to certain risks. You know, are you raising them humanely? Or how are they being fed? How are they being treated? There's definitely some exposure here for Costco um but some of this it, it really just has to happen cuz the other problem the other thing that constrains supply of chickens is how many chicken wings we all eat so it used to be most profitable to sell a whole chicken now it is generally more profitable to cut that chicken into pieces so this is you know probably something costco was forced to do and I'd like to assume, because they've always been a very uh, publicly-conscious company, they, they pay a good wage, they treat people well, that they will take that same model into their farm and they will be aware that, just in general, animal welfare is a very hot-button issue and you don't want to see stories headlined. You know, you're know, you not going to believe what Costco does to make your $4.99 chicken that talks about atrocities on a farm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I can I can agree with you there. I think Costco will protect its image and its brand very much so. But I mean, there's just a lot to watch with this story again. It's not just about the chickens. Costco is known um for protecting its margins and it likes to keep them thin on purpose, and it also gives it a lot of leverage a lot of leverage with its suppliers as well. But a lot to watch here. Dan, I have to know. Have you tried Costco rotisserie chicken before?
1: So I have. Um and, and I can honestly say it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 a meal if you're in Costco and don't feel like cooking. I would prefer um, Whole Foods in general. I I also think that maybe if I'm in a Costco, there's so many tempting things I want to cook. I mean, where else can you go and get like fresh crab legs inexpensively, uh, or you know, a whole bunch of shrimp that you can can run home and cook. So I'm a dedicated Costco fan. But I would rate their rotisserie chicken as like maybe third or fourth of all the places I could go get a rotisserie chicken. And that said, it's absolutely one I would eat. And for me personally, the difference of $4.99 to $7.99 or even $9.99, when that's going to be the basis of dinner for my three-person family, it's really, uh, fortunately, I'm in a position where those dollar figures don't matter that much to me.
0: Yes. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um... I'm going to say Walmart has the better rotisserie chicken. Don't at me on Twitter. (laughs) I've tried it. I've tried Whole Foods. I don't know what Walmart does to those chickens. I probably don't want to know, but I can tell you they're pretty darn good. Uh, But for Dan and I, that'll do it for this week's Industry focused Consumer Goods Show. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. For Dan Klein, I'm Shannon Jones. Thanks for listening and full on.